when I think about the Lord and all that he has done for me, my soul cries out. And I have nothing to give him but to praise his holy name. So we come this morning, Father, thanking you and praising you. And all we have worship for all that you've done for us. For you are the one who was and is and is to come. And we worship you. We lay down our lives in service to the King of Kings who loved us and gave himself for us. And oh, how we worship you. Oh, how we want to see you face to face. But Father God, manifest your presence in this place today. Run from heart to heart and from meeting the need. And for where would we be without you? And Father, because you have called us, we're able to do all things. And we thank you and we praise you with our lives. So have your way in this service today. Have your way in our lives. Give us obedient will to conform into your image in your way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, welcome home, Pastor Dave and Miss Kong. Amen. We've missed you. <laughs> well, praise God, yeah, but it, it is good to have you back. We, we were praying for your travel mercies, and we're just grateful for the Lord to bring you back to us. Good morning, First Baptist. Again, um, we're doing church life, and, 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 you know, we've been a lot of places, what we do. And salvation and baptism and the Lord's communion. We, we talked about our mission is to make disciples. We talked about our vision and how we do that and, and the unity in which we do that. And then last week we talked about our core values. And, and uh, today we're going to talk about our doctrine, what we teach and what we believe as a church. And, and this is going to be in two parts, so I'm going to start and Pastor Dave will finish up next week. Amen? Uh, so again, pray with me because again, like last week, it takes me out of my comfort zone, but I'm not in charge. The Lord is. Amen? <laughs> so, so I have to uh, just be obedient to him. Amen. Um, so if Mark, if you can put our first doctrinal statement. 
And this is everything what we do is because of what we believe and what we teach. Amen. And, and, and the first thing and our first doctrine is scripture. Everything we do is because is thus what saith the Lord. It, it, it is written in scripture. Everything we do is because it is written in scripture. And we believe it is from God. Amen? In the first doctrine of statement, it says, we believe that the Holy Bible was written by men divinely inspired or in brief, that it has a perfect tenure of heavenly instruction, that it has God as its author, salvation as its end, the truth without any mixture of error as its matter, and, and it reveals the principle by which God will judge all and therefore is and shall remain to the end of the world, the true basis of Christian union and the supreme standard by which all human conduct, creed, opinion shall try. So, so it is written by men. It is written by men. The Bible was written over a period of 1,500 years by 40 different authors who God used their own personality, their own style to write his word. So it's written by men, but inspired and, and breathed by God, by the Holy Spirit. Amen? And it's without error. If there's any contradiction in the Bible, it's in my understanding. Amen? And it is what God's going to judge the world with by. His word. Amen? And it gives us instructions for Christian union for the standard of conduct and creed and opinion, God will try. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but not one jot or tittle will pass away from my word. Amen? That's the statement. Let's look at some, some scriptures to back it up. We always say there's not, there's not a name above the name of Jesus. There's nothing above the name of Jesus, right? There's one thing. His word. Look, look at Psalm 138, verse 2. I will worship towards thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. He places his word above his name. Because he's going to judge everything according to it. Amen? Let's look at another scripture to support 
while we believe and teach that we have an inspired and fallible word of God. Second Corinthians, Second Timothy, three sixteen and seventeen. All scripture, all scripture, is given by inspiration, which means God breathed of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect. Thoroughly furnish unto all good work. That, that's not perfection. That's mature. Amen? Well, look what it says. It, it, it is inspired of God. And that is good for teaching, doctrine. And, and that it will reprove you. It will tell you, and we talked about this last week, when you're wrong. Amen? Listen. It, the word of God is like, Scripture says it's like a mirror. When you look in the mirror, you can see that you've still got sleep in your eyes. Amen? You can see that your hair is out of place. Amen? The word of God is a mirror. But not only does it show you what's wrong, it gives you a chance to correct it. Not only does it give you a chance to correct it, it gives you instructions on how to keep it straight. Because it wants you to be used for the master's use. It wants you to be meat for the master's use. He wants you to be palatable for God to use you as he sees fit. Listen. It's hard to do anything with sleep still in your eye, right? <laughs> Second scripture that we the, the next scripture we want to look at to support this infallible word of God. This inerrant word of God. It, it's Second uh, Peter one twenty one at two. I don't know if Mark could back up to 20 on that. I don't know if he can or not. But I didn't give it to him, so. But he's working with me. See, thank God, see? Thank God. See, Wednesday we talked about gifts and stuff. I can't do everything from up here. <laughs> Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture of any private interpretation, okay? So, so I, I, it's not my private interpretation what thus saith the Lord. For, for, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, not by the men who wrote it, not by Isaiah and Nehemiah and Ezra and, and Jeremiah, not by men, but holy men of God, spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. God allowed these 40 authors to write in their own style, in their own personality, but he directed their writing. And that's why, that's why I, we can go down and I can tell you what Paul said and say John said the same thing in another place. 
because it's God free. Amen? So it, it is the word of God that we rely on. It is the word of God that governs our, our, our behavior. Amen? It is the word of God that God will judge you. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but not one jot or tittle, not one comma will pass away from his word. It's eternal. Amen? Our, our, our next doctrinal statement is the nature, the name and nature and being of God. We believe that there is one and only one living and true God, an infinite intelligent spirit whose name is Jehovah, the maker, supreme ruler of the universe, inexpressibly glorious in holiness and worthy of all possible honor, confidence, and love, that in the unity of the Godhead there are three separate and distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, equal in every divine perfection, and executing distinct but harmonious office in the great work of redemption. One God and three persons. Perfect and harmony. Infinite in his wisdom. Amen? But three distinct persons. Equally divine. Jesus the Son was all God. Amen? The Holy Spirit is all God. If you're born again, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Fully God. That's a sobering thought, ain't it? We always say that we don't have the ability to do this and do that. But if, if God lives in you, it's the same God that raised Jesus from the dead. So all three of them work in harmony for a purpose. The work of redemption. The work of redemption. Turn to our first verse, Mom. Psalm 83, 18. That man may know that thou, whose name is Jehovah, are the most high over the earth. That, that, that God is the most high. This is a couple of months ago. I forget what we were preaching, but I talked, I think I was preaching on, on, in the psalm. And we talked about, it was Psalm 103, I think, where we, and I printed out, it was capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And I said it was Yahweh. The other name for Yahweh is Jehovah. 
This, this is the God who was ex Hilo, the God who stood out on nothing and called everything into existence. This God. A lot of times when you see Jehovah, it was the God that Moses seen in the burning bush. And when he told Moses, go tell Israel to let my people go, he said, who should I tell him? You are. And he said, tell him that I am, that I am. Jehovah. That's when Abraham took Isaac to the mountain to sacrifice him and found a ram in a bush, he called the place Jehovah Jireh. God will supply. Amen? When, when Moses was at war and Aaron and Hur lifted up his arms in battle, he called the place Jehovah Nisse. God, my banner. When David wrote Psalm 23, he called it Jehovah Raha. God, my shepherd. This God. He, Jehovah is over all the earth. He is, he is the one who is and was and is to come. He, he is the one who has all that you need. Whatever you need him to be, he is. He is the I am. Amen? Turn to, turn to Exodus 18 and 11. Now I know that here it is. Jehovah. Yahweh. Amen? Now I know that the Lord is great than all gods. For the things wherein they dealt proudly, he was above them. Amen? This is when he's showing the gods of Egypt who he is. Amen? Look at Revelation 1, verse 4. This is John. Writing and he's getting the vision. He says, and John is writing to, to the seven churches which are which are in Asia. Grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before the throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. The work of redemption. You have the whole God here there. You have the Father. You have the Spirit. And you have the Son. And the work of redemption. Amen? So we believe in one God who has three distinct separate persons that they might redeem those who were lost in sin. Amen?
Our next doctrinal statement. The fall of man. We know when God created man, he created him in perfect innocence. Amen? We believe that man was created in the state and condition of holiness under the law of his maker. But by the voluntary transgression, he fell from that happy and holy state, in consequence of which all mankind are now sinners, not by constraint, but by choice, being by nature utterly void of the holiness required by the law of God, inclined to evil, and therefore under just condemnation to eternal ruin without defense or excuse. Amen? Man fell from that holy state. Let's look at some scriptures to back that up. Genesis one twenty seven. God created man in the holy state. He says, so God created male. God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him, male and female created he them. Amen? God created them in his own image. We are image bearers of God. At least that's what we were created to be. But the fall happened. Look, look at Genesis 3. And this is a long passage, 26 to 24. And matter of fact, okay, let's, let's see where we go with it. And, and you remember, they're in the garden. And, 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 and Somehow this serpent, Satan got into the serpent and deceived Eve about the one commandment that God told them they couldn't do. God, God said, every tree in the garden you may freely eat from. But this one prohibition, this one tree in the midst of the garden, do not eat of it. And the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Amen? Look what he says. And, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasing to the eye and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took up the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked and they showed, sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they knew they were naked. Prior to that, they were naked and unashamed. Amen? And they heard the voice of Yahweh, Jehovah, God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and says, Where are thou? Where are thou? 
He ain't talking about his location. He's talking about where are you in relationship with me? Because prior to that, it, the, the text suggests us that every day God came down and walked and talked with him in the cool of the day. And I could just imagine, if you allow me to use my sanctified imagination, I can imagine God just came down and said, did, what do you think about, why did you call them giraffes? And did, you, did you see how that one interacted? And, and just talked about, because he gave them dominion over all creation. So what else are they going to talk about but creation? And now they're running from God. So God is saying, where are you in relationship with me? When I want to live life on my own terms, and when you want to live life on your own terms, God comes looking for you and wants to know, where are you? Where are you in relationship with me? The one who is and the one who was and the one is to come. The one who created all things, you include, me included. And the man in the said, oh, wait a minute, where am I? Okay, we can start there, verse 12. And the man said, the woman whom, oh, okay, I know where I was. And he heard the voice of thy voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that thou was naked? Has thou eaten of the tree where I commanded you that thou should not eat? And he said, the woman whom thou gave me. I just did it. <laughs> she gave me of the tree and I did eat. Okay? And it sounds like he's blaming Eve. No, he's blaming it's the woman you gave me. He's blaming God. Yeah. It's the woman you gave me. I was doing all right. So she came along. You you brought her to me. I look. Next verse, man. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that thou dost? And the woman said, The serpent begotten me, and I did eat. Now she's pointing the finger. It's amazing how we don't want to take blame for our own mess. Amen? I can always find somebody to blame. If it ain't obvious, it's Janelle. And if it ain't Janelle, it's past the day. <laughs> <laughs> I can blame somebody. It ain't never me. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all the cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go, and the dust shall, and, and, and thus shall thou eat all the days of thy life. 
and I would put enmity, bitter hatred between thy seed and the woman and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise the sick. First mention of Jesus Christ right there. Right there. First mention of the incarnation right there. What woman you know that had the seed? That's the virgin birth. First mention of the cross right there. He will bruise his head, his heel at the cross. But three days later, <laughs> three days later, when he raised from the dead, he bruises his head. Amen? And unto the woman said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception and sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. And thou desirest to be to thy husband that he shall have the rule over him. It's going to be conflict in the marriage. Huh? I would imagine lady childbirth was easy before this. <laughs> huh? Seems so. But there's conflict in the marriage. And to Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, thou shalt eat of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed be the ground for thy sake. And sorrow shall thou eat of, all, of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herbs of the field. And the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread, till thou return to the ground. From out of it was thou taken. From dust thou art, and until dust thou shalt return. You got to work hard now. Huh? Prior to that, Adam had creative ability. He called the animals what they were. He, 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 I don't know what he did for gardening and, and subduing and cultivating the ground, but he didn't sweat. It was easy work. And because of the, the, the fall, Amen. And Adam called his wife Eve because she was the mother of the living. Unto Adam also, and to his wife, the Lord did. The Lord God made coats of skin and clothed them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now least he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So 
So he drove the man out, and, and he placed at the east of garden, the garden of Eden, cherubs and a flaming sword, which turneth every way to keep the tree. So he kicked them out. He didn't want them. God is so gracious. It sounds like punishment, but it's gracious love. God didn't want them to eat from the tree of life in a sinful state. Because then they would live forever in a sinful state. Even in punishment, even in chastisement, he is good. He is so, so good. God's thinking about the work of redemption. And then let us look at uh, Acts 17, 24 to 28. This is Paul's defense. Um, God... And this is Paul defending himself against Sanhedrin or, or whoever he's in counsel with. God that made the world and all the things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with man's hands as though he need anything, seeing he give to all life and breath and all things, and has made of one blood all nations men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined the time before and bond of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord if happy they might fill after him and him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live, move, and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. It's the work of redemption. Amen? Although men fall, God is always looking to redeem mankind. The fall of man, and this has always been one of our memory verses, Romans 5, 12. Wherefore, by one man, sin entered the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. All Inherit that through Adam. That's why you don't have to teach a little kid what not to do. Teach them what to do. They come out manipulative from the from the from the beginning. They know what cry will get a bottle. <laughs> Amen. And they utilize it. And the older they get. 
the more they do it. And the more conniving they get with it. Amen? So you guys been around for a minute. <laughs> All right, so the fall of man. The way of salvation is our next doctrine. The way of salvation. We believe that salvation of sinners is holy by grace. Editorial office of the Son of God, who by appointment of the Father freely took upon himself man's name, yet without sin, honored the divine law by his personal obedience, and by his death made a full atonement for its sin, that having raised from the dead, he is now enthroned in heaven and united in his wonderful person and tenderest sympathy with the divine perfection. He is in every way qualified to be suitable and compassionate and an all-sufficient Savior. It is by God's grace, holy by his grace. Nothing else. Look at Ephesians 2. Verse, it says five, uh, five Even when we were dead in sin, has he quickened us together with Christ? For by grace are you saved. Amen? And then look at verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should burst. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. God has before ordained that we shall walk in them. By grace, we are saved. We didn't do anything to earn it, and we can't do anything to lose it. Amen. We don't deserve it. I like to say it this way, grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. It's God's riches. He gives us everything at Christ's expense. That's why we're called heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. God's riches at Christ's expense. So, so we don't have anything to brag about. And he does it for one purpose. That we might 
be his workmanship. That we might live up to our mission is what? To make disciples. That we might be his workmanship. He didn't save you to sit. He didn't save me to sit. He saved me to serve. He wants me to be his workmanship. He wants to use me, mold me, and if he have to crush me and reshape me. And I've been through that process several times, more than I care to admit. We are his workmanship. We are meat for the master's use. That's why he saved us. So he might use us to be an extension of his love, an extension of his compassion, an extension of his mercy and forgiveness. Look at Acts 15, 11. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved, even as they. This is the Gentiles. When Paul went to the Gentiles, because the Gentiles always thought that they had to be on the outside. But now they realize that we too can be saved. And there's some folks out there that feel like they're on the outside. You got some family members and some co-workers and some neighbors that feel like they're on the outside. But we believe through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, they too can be saved. Amen? Look at John 1, 1 to 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same that was in the beginning with God, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, talking about John the Baptist. The same came for a witness to bear witness of that light that all men through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. Pastor Dave ain't the light. I ain't the light. You ain't the light. We're here to bear witness of the light. That was the true light which lighted Every man that come into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power 
to become the sons of God, even them that believed on his name, which were born not of the flesh, of, of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God, born of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We sing the song here. We couldn't get to heaven, so he brought heaven down. Amen? It, it, it was through Jesus Christ. He, he came down through 40 and two generations and clothed himself in human flesh that he might sympathize with you and me. Oh, getting ahead of myself. John 3.16, everybody's favorite verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God gave his best, that whosoever will believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Hebrews 4, 14 and 16. Here, here Hebrews is the Hebrews because Pastor Dave says it all the time, and it's true, that Hebrews gives you all these things that Jesus is a better type of. He's a better angel than all the angels. He's a better word. He's a, he's a better sacrifice. He, he's a better priest. Okay? And here he's talking about seeing then that we have this great high priest that is passed into the heaven. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the fillings of our infirmity, but with it, with, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. So he came down that he might understand us. Listen, Jesus Christ knows what it's like to be rejected. He knows what it's like to be tempted. He knows what it's like to be forgotten. He knows what it's like. All the feelings that you feel, he felt it. He knows what it's like to go hungry. He knows what it's like to mourn the loss of a And his humanity. He was tempted as all points like you were, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain find grace time of need. Amen? About the work of salvation, the work of redemption. Our next doctrine is the blessing of the gospel. We believe that the great gospel blessing which Christ secured to those who believe in him is salvation. 
That includes all the divine redemptive acts of God on behalf of the sinner, such as justification. There's another document, justification, which is the divine act of God whereby he purchased by his shed blood, the shed blood of Christ, and by his mighty power, the freedom of the believer from the power and dominion of sin. Grace, the divine dispensation wherein he saved men, not upon any merit of works of their own, but wholly by the work and merit of Christ. Propitiation, the divine act of God and offering Christ as the sinner substitute. Amen? Propitiation. God is, we talk about the love of God, but there's a wrathful side of God. And God will pour his wrath out on sin. Unless there is propitiation. And Christ was that propitiation. He satisfied the wrath of God on my behalf. Propitiation of the divine act of God offering Christ to the sinner's substitute. Imputation. It's God placing Christ's righteousness on me. I, I have no righteousness of my own. The Bible says my righteousness and your righteousness is as filthy rags. The divine act of God whereby he imputes or accounts the righteousness and excellency of Christ to the believer. Forgiveness, the divine act of God by which he remits the sin of the believer. Sanctification, the divine act of God whereby he imparts his holiness to the inner man and newly born one or born again and set apart the entire man to the service of God. Okay. Sanctification is just him separating us to himself for his work. We, we are not our own. We have been brought with the price. <clears throat> Glorification. Oh, I can't wait for that. That's why we sung this morning. Oh, I wanted to see him. Look upon his face. Because John says, when I see him, when I'm getting glory, then I'm going to be just like him. That's, that's glorification. The divine act of God whereby the elements are the are or part of man which is mortal will be changed into the state and condition of immortality. Oh, oh, I want to sing. Look upon his face. Therefore sing forever of his saving grace. Oh, I, I wish I could sing. So let's look at a few verses real quick. I got so many here. Matthew one twenty one. 
and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. This is the angel Gabriel talking to Joseph. When Joseph was thinking in his mind that his girl stepped out on him, Romans 5.1. Romans 4 talks about Abraham and, 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 and because of Abraham's faith, it was counted unto him as righteousness. Amen. And, and verse 20 says, and Abraham staggered not at the promises of God. Then verse 5 says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, justification means being declared righteous when you're guilty. Does he talk it? It's a and I used to love going to the juvenile detention center and talk to the kids because all of them was like me and been in front of a judge before. Amen? And, and, and I would say, you know, it's like being in front of the judge and you know you're guilty. And the fine is $1,000. And you ain't got two pennies to rub together. And the judge takes off his robe and comes behind the bench and pays the fine for you and then declared you not guilty. That's what Christ did for us. Next one, Mark. First um, Corinthians one thirty. But of him are ye in Christ, who God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. In him. It's in him. Because we're in him, we have wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Look at Hebrews 9, 12. Neither by blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having attained eternal redemption for us. Once. Hebrews 10 says, every other priest had to go and make sacrifices daily. Because the blood of bulls and goats could never take away sin. But this man, Jesus Christ, made one offering and then sat down. The priest and the holy of holy was this. Because first his sin was meant. And then he's coming on your behalf? Listen. I, I, believe me, I pray for my family. I pray for you. But when I'm in the presence of the Lord, 
I got enough stuff on my own <laughs> that I got to get straight. Amen? Look, look at 1 Peter 1.18 to 21. For as much as you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation or your lifestyle received by the tradition from your father. But with the precious blood of Christ as lamb without blemish and without spot, who barely was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Amen? You, listen, you, you wasn't redeemed with money and, and possession, but with the precious blood of Jesus. That's eternal. And, and, and go to the last one. First uh, Corinthians 15, 51 through 3. Oh, we got the move. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of eye at the last trump. For, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. For the corrupt, for this corruption must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The next one, and we got to try to move along here. Um, salvation for. Salvation is free. We believe that the blessing of salvation are made free to all by the gospel. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. That is the immediate duty of all to accept them by a cordial, patient, and obedient faith that nothing prevents the salvation of the greatest sinner on earth but his own inherent depravity and voluntary rejection of the gospel, which rejection involves him in a aggregate condemnation. So, listen, I, I'm just so glad that the greatest sinner Okay. It's, 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 it's available to the greatest sin. Amen? That's why Paul could say, I'm the chief sinner. He was killing Christians, but he, I'm the chief sinner, and the grace of God was able to save him. Amen? It's free. Oh, I love this one. Isaiah 55. Oh, everyone that thirsts, come ye to the water. And he that has no money, come ye 
Buy and eat. Come buy wine, milk, without money and without price. Oh, it's free. Come. Look at Revelation 22, 17. And to the spirit and the bride said, come. And let him that hear saith, come. And let him that a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take water freely. In Romans 1, 5, well, Romans 1, 15 and 17. So as much as is in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen? And then our next one is grace and regeneration. Grace and regeneration. believe that in order to be saved, sinners must be regenerated or born from above or born again. That regeneration consists in giving a holy disposition of the mind that it is affected in a manner above man's comprehension by the power of the Holy Spirit in connection with the divine truth so as to secure his voluntary obedience to the gospel and that its proper evidence appears in holy fruit of repentance, faith, and newness of life. Amen. Look at John chapter 3. This is Jesus talking to Nicodemus one night because Nick was, didn't want to be in, you know, in the daytime when people would see him. the Nickelodeon channel, Nick at night. John 3. three. Jesus, Jesus, Nicodemus asked him how nobody can do these things except God be with him. And Jesus answered unto him, Verily I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, well, how, Nicodemus said, how can a man be born again when he is old, he can't enter to his mom the second time. And Jesus answered, Verily I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. Amen? You must. Look at Second Corinthians 5.17. I feel like I'm rushing through this. Um, if any man, therefore, if any man be in Christ, He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Amen? Any man being Christ, he's a new creation. That regenerated spirit has taken over. 
Romans 2, 27 to 29. And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it's fulfilled the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law, for he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outwardly in the flesh, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. Circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit and not of the letter, who praise is not of men, but of God. Amen. It's, it's an inward working which God does. James 1, 16 to 18. Do not err, my beloved brother. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, whom, with whom is no variableness, neither shall, shadow of turning. Of his own will begot he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruit of his creation. So he has redeemed us to be like his son. Amen? Uh, last one. Repentance and faith. And, and I'm just reminded of last Sunday. Of the guy Thomas. And all he came in here and he said he was a sinner and he wanted to repent. And again, I said it last week. I don't know if it was his mental status, if he was on something that was leading him to say that. But he spoke the truth. He was a sinner and he needed to repent. And for us to come to Christ, we need to admit. That we're a sinner, and we need to repent. Old Testament prophets, he would have been done. Church would have been over five minutes, because that's all he had. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Service is over. <laughs> that was it. Look at Mark 1, 15, I'm sorry. And saying, the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Ephesians 2.8, we've said it several times already. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Acts 2.37 and 38. Now when they heard this, this is the day of Pentecost, three Peter is preaching to, ooh, how many people got saved that day? 3,000? So I don't know how many people were there, but 3,000 got saved. And this is what he's telling. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brothers, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin. 
and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And our last scripture is James 4, 7 to 10. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he would flee. Draw nigh to God, and he would draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter return to mourning and your joy to heaven. Humble yourself in the sight of God, in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Listen, you can't repent and be proud. You can only repent when you humble. That was Eve's problem. When she saw that the tree was something to make one wise, proud build up in her. Resist the devil. Draw nigh to God. And he had drawn nigh to you. Humble yourself. Humble yourself in the sight of God, and he will lift you up. He will. So, this is what we teach. This is why we do what we do. That's why we live the way we live. That's why we can forgive 70 times 7. That's why we can love people that don't love us back. That's why we can go to second mark. Because we're governed by the word of God. We're governed by these teachings and these doctrines. Because we know there's nothing in us. It's the gift of God. If it wasn't for the indwelling spirit living in us. Let me, if it wasn't for the indwelling spirit living in me, you wouldn't let me in the door. love and for you died for me that I might have a right to return that I might be accepted in the beloved and that you might be accepted in the beloved so I'm free to live for him and I give, have nothing to give but my praise and worship to him who loved me and gave himself for me. Thank you and praise the Lord.